The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel.
Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. Hear this, you elders. Listen, all you who live in the land. Has anything ever happened like this before in your days or in the days of your forefathers? Tell it to your children. Let your children tell it to their children and their children to the next generation. What the locust swarm has left, the great locusts have eaten. What the great locusts have left, the young locusts have eaten. What the young locusts have left, other locusts have eaten. A nation has invaded my land, powerful and without number. It has the teeth of a lion and fangs of a lioness. It has laid waste my vines and ruined my fig trees. It's it's stripped off their bark and thrown it away. Mourn like a virgin in sackcloth, grieving for the husband of your youth. Put on sackcloth, O priests, and mourn. Wail, you who minister before the altar, come and spend the night in sackcloth. You who minister before the Lord, before my God. Declare a holy fast, call a sacred assembly. Summon the elders and all who live in the land to the house of the Lord your God and cry out to the Lord. Alas, for that day, for the day of the Lord is near. It will come like destruction from the Almighty. Has not the food been cut off before your very eyes? Joy and gladness from the house of our God. The seeds are shriveled beneath the clods. The storehouses are in ruins. The granaries have been broken down, for the grain has dried up. To you, O Lord, I call. For fire has devoured the open pasture, and flames have burned up the trees of the field. Even the wild animals pant for you. The streams of water have dried up, and the fire has devoured the open pastures. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Sound the alarm on my holy hill. Let all who are in the land tremble, for the day of the Lord is coming. It is close at hand. A day of darkness and gloom. A day of clouds and blackness like dawn spreading across the mountains. A large and mighty army comes, such as never was of old, nor will ever come again. Even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all of your hearts, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your heart, not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in love. He relents when sending calamity. Who knows? He may turn and have pity and leave behind a blessing, grain offerings and drink offerings for the Lord your God. Blow the trumpet in Zion, declare a holy fast, call a sacred assembly. 
Gather the people, consecrate the assembly, bring together the elders, gather the children, those nursing at the breast. Let the bridegroom leave his room and the bride her chamber. Let the priests who minister before the Lord weep between the temple porch and the altar. Let them say, Oh, spare your people, O Lord. Do not make your inheritance an object of scorn, a byword among the nations. Why should they say among the peoples, Where is their God? Then the Lord will be jealous for his land and take pity on his people. And the Lord will reply to them. Joe Biden, former Vice President of the United States, is speaking about what he calls Dark Winter. That was a code name for a senior-level bioterrorist attack simulation conducted in June of 2001. Now Mr. Biden is saying that this winter is likely to be a dark winter. He means that COVID-19 is going to take many people in death. I don't think that's the darkest part of this winter. There's a much darker part to this winter, and that is our economy has been shut down by people in authority. Never in the history of the world has the whole world, the Western world, particularly, been shut down by governments. And so countless businesses are crashing and closing. And with these businesses crashing and closing, the source of income has dried up. And so now we're seeing countless numbers of people on the verge and even happening of being tossed out of their houses, their homes. Two friends that I've been ministering to and calling to Jesus, they received notice this week that by December 20, they are evicted. They have to be out of the house. Now, it's a substandard house. If the health department took one look at it, they would condemn it. It's not fit for human occupation. But these wicked landlords, they have evicted them on December 20. Where do they go? The woman is 72 years old and very feeble, almost blind. They have a rickety old van. They're going to have to live in their van unless God intervenes in a major way. I've cried out to the Lord and asked, Lord, would you send me the money that I could help this couple? But there are countless numbers across America. The same thing is happening to them. And people are going to be hungry. In fact, some people are already hungry. Starvation has already come in many countries of the world. And starvation is coming to America. It will be a dark winter. Now the question is, 
how are you going to deal with that dark winter? There's some very practical things I could say to you. Use what little extra money you have and go buy canned vegetables at the store. Buy flour, sugar, baking soda, yeast. Be certain you have a means of protecting yourself and your family. It's going to be a hard winter. And many are going to be homeless in America. This is a desperate time. And I'm hearing one thing as I pray about this. I'm hearing that the Lord has made a determination to humble his people. He's made a determination that he is going to crush the economy of America because we have worshipped at the altar of Baal. We have loved money and ease much more than Jesus. And so he is going to strip from our hearts our love for money. And we're going to discover that the only way we're going to survive is by going to Jesus, by allowing Jesus to rule over our hearts. Now, that's very hard for us. Joshua said to the people of Israel, Choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. And then speaking to the people, Joshua said, You are not able to serve the Lord. He is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your rebellion and your sins. If you do not repent and turn from your sin, he will not forgive you. But today, Americans want a feel-good God that they can take with them at no cost. Not a holy God, not a jealous God, not a righteous God, but a God who unconditionally loves them. Today, the church wants a drive-through Christianity, McDonald's fast food, a God who loves us unconditionally in our sin. We live under what many in the church have called grace, but it's not grace at all. It's unclean. It's greasy because it justifies our continuing to walk in rebellion against God and claim all the time that we're saved. So we fill up on our idols, our television, our sports. We fill up on junk food, always searching for the next prophetic word from somebody, as though that were going to save us. Prophetic words only have value if we listen to them and then respond with searching prayer and repentance and turning from our evil ways. Otherwise, the prophetic words are just pornography of no value to us. 
seductive. Many more people will tune to my station if I play a Dana Coverstone prophecy about what's coming. But they'll ignore the straight word of Scripture. Why is that? I know. It's entertainment. Many of you are so far from Jesus, you don't even know or care what your sin is. You're comfortable in your pretend grace. I have asked many Christians, as we have met and spoken, I've asked them, do you have sin in your life? And they answer me unequivocally, oh, yes, I'm working on some things in my life. I'm not yet there. Well, how many years will it take for you to get there? How many years have you been working on this? And they see it as a self-improvement process, not a repentance and a confession and a radical turning from darkness because they believe they're loved unconditionally and they're on their way to heaven. But they're not. They've been deceived. Anyone who knows the Scriptures can very quickly have demonstrated by the Holy Spirit to them the necessity of leaving all sin. But the worldly church says, oh, you can't leave your sin. That's just how you are. You'll always be a sinner until Jesus comes. Liar, liar, your pants are on fire. That's not the gospel of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Now, it takes time. It takes time to choose the God of heaven. Jesus Christ will cost you everything in this world. You cannot have Jesus as your fast food God. He refuses. You can have a pretend Jesus. You can have a cotton candy Jesus But that's not the real Jesus. Words are not enough to say, we will serve the Lord. We must leave our sin by throwing away our foreign gods. We must repent and yield our hearts to Jesus, serving him and obeying him only. But if you don't even know what your sin is, one pastor I spoke with, I said, You need to repent for your sin. He said, what sin, Ray? I repented many years ago. I have no sin in my life. Everything is covered by the grace of Jesus. I'm on my way to heaven. I said, then why do you yell at your wife? Why do you yell at your children? Why are you so angry and gossip with me about your church members and how upset you are with them because they don't understand and they're not giving you enough money? All of these things are sin against the Lord. He said, oh, come on, Pastor Ray, come on. That's just human nature. We're all sinners before God. But no, I don't live in sin. Yes, you do. He was quite upset with me.
we have to come to a place where we recognize the dark winter is upon us, where we recognize that we're in for a very, very painful and difficult time. And now how are we going to face that? How are we going to deal with the suffering? Peter said, rejoice in your sufferings. To speak very boldly with you, I've grown the most in my sufferings. I've grown most when I've been utterly rejected by a brother or a sister. Where my heart has been rent by the lack of love and compassion and the rejection of family or the rejection of friends or the rejection by other pastors who say, you're a fanatic, Ray. You're crazy. Nobody can live without their sin. They're wrong. But I've grown under those attacks. I've matured to the point where now all that matters to me is my Lord Jesus. I don't turn to people for approval. I turn to Jesus for approval. Now, I want to share with you several things from Matthew. Jesus speaks about this very difficult time that we are entering into. In Matthew, the 24th chapter. Watch out that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name claiming I am the Christ and will deceive many. Or many will come preaching a gospel that is a false gospel and they will deceive many people. You will hear of wars, rumors of wars, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places, and all of these are the beginnings of birth pangs. We have more earthquakes happening now than any time in the history of mankind. The earth is literally creaking and rocking and rolling. Then you will be handed over to be persecuted and you'll be put to death. You will be hated by all nations because of me. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. If you look back on what happened to the Jewish people in the Second World War with Adolf Hitler, he stigmatized them and identified them as rodents, as rats. Therefore, it was all right to kill them. The day will come when America will call Christians rodents and rats. And we will be persecuted. And many will die. 
Verse 12, Matthew 24, verse 12, because of the increase of the wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But he who stands firm to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached to the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. Now, if you turn with me also in the book of Luke, I'll begin with verse 32. I tell you the truth. This generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but the words, my words, will never pass away. Be careful or your hearts will be weighed down with dissipation, drunkenness, and the anxieties of life. And they will close on you unexpectedly like a trap. For it will come upon all those who live on the face of the whole earth. Be always on the watch and pray that you may be able to escape all that is about to happen and that you may be able to stand before the Son of Man. Or Luke 21, verse 10. Nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes and famines and pestilence in various places, fearful events and great signs from heaven. So Jesus is saying, there will be pestilence. There will be famine. Now, how are you going to prepare yourself to walk through this? We also find in the book of Revelation, in the sixth chapter, a frightening description of what is coming upon the earth. Now, I want to be clear with you, and some of you will have real disagreement with me, but I'm going to say it anyway. The devil and his agent agents brought the pandemic of COVID-19, but they could not bring it without the permission of Almighty God, and he is using it. And many of you have hearts filled with fear. As one brother said to me, we have lost our ability to take risk. I've been very encouraged by some reports that Christians are secretly gathering in hidden places to worship the Almighty God. They're not hiding. They're not staying home. Oh, they may be gathering in home churches, and they come quietly to those places, and they lift up their hands and worship and praise to Jesus. I don't believe any authority has the right to tell Christians that they cannot meet. I utterly reject that. We do not meet in the flesh only. We meet also in the spirit of the living God. And the spirit of fear is not from Jesus. The spirit of fear 
the wearing of the mask, living with dread, separating from everybody, that is not from Jesus. That's from the dark side. But God is using it. And he's shutting down businesses, and God is using it. The devil comes with his play, and then God steps in and uses it for his glory because he must awaken his church. Now, do I believe persecution is coming? Yes, but right now the church doesn't have anything to be persecuted for. We're so much like the world, they would not recognize that we were any different than the world. Our values are very much similar. We spend our money in many of the same ways. We go on the same vacations. We watch the same television shows. We, we're more like the world than we are like Jesus. And this is what the Lord God is having to say. Stop. Separate yourself from the world. Turn off the entertainment. Don't satisfy yourself with some empty ritual. Turn to Jesus with all of your heart and repent and get right with him. Now, chapter 6 of Revelation. I watched as the Lamb opened the first of the seven seals. And then I heard one of the four living creatures say in a voice like thunder, Come. I looked, and there before me was a white horse. Its rider held a bow. He was given a crown. The United Nations was given a crown. And before that, another peace organization was given a crown. And the United Nations today is riding out as a conqueror bent on conquest to bring the world into one world government standing. Now the Lamb opened the second seal. And I believe it is open. And I heard the second living creature say, Come. Then another horse came out, a fiery red one. Its rider was given power to take peace from the earth and to make men slay each other. And to him was given a large sword. How much larger a sword can a man be given than a hydrogen bomb, an atomic bomb? That's the largest sword any human being could imagine. And until we saw it, it was beyond man's imagination. And peace has been taken from the world. First and second world wars. The atomic bomb. And now wars, wars, wars upon end all over the world. Many instigated by the United States. And men have been slaying each other. Wholesale slaughter of peoples, of, of innocent civilians. Mass graves where they just throw the bodies in and bulldoze it. And then the lamb, that is Jesus. He's the only one qualified to open these seals. I heard the third living creature say, Come. I looked, and there before me was a black horse. 
Its rider was holding a pair of scales in his hand. And then I heard what sounded like a voice among the four living creatures saying, A quart of wheat for a day's wages, three quarts of barley for a day's wages, and do no damage to the oil and the wine. This seal is now open. And famine is coming upon the earth. A quart of wheat has the nutrition for one person. Three quarts of barley, enough to feed one person. Earned by a day's wages. Work all day just for food. Then what do you do about rent or mortgage or car payments? Do not damage the oil and the wine. That is, don't damage the rich people, the elites. They're going to continue as they are because their judgment has not yet come. And so today we see the working class people having the middle class utterly crushed as their businesses are shut down. We're hurting. America is hurting. The Western world is hurting. China is hurting. Many parts of the world are hurting. The seal's been opened. Now we are at a point, I believe, where we face from the third seal into the fourth seal. You will see the fourth seal opened. In fact, it may already be opening. When the Lamb opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature say, Come. I looked, and there before me was a pale horse. Its rider was Death and Hades was following close behind him. They were given power over a fourth of the earth to kill by sword, famine, and plague, and by the wild beasts of the field. We are going to see terrifying things coming as we approach the end of time. And we are approaching the end of time. All the signs are there. Now, as we face this end of time, the question really comes forth. Perhaps you've been very comfortable in your American lifestyle. You've been very comfortable. We are the richest nation the world has ever known. We could go to the grocery store and buy anything our heart desired. Now, shelves are becoming empty in the grocery store. I advise you, go buy now flour, oil, salt, beans, canned vegetables. Prepare. Watch. Be ready. Not just for yourself, but to help others. 
This is not just about you. It's about us. It's about the church. Some of you are going to have to move out of their house because you can't make the mortgage anymore. And you're going to have to be talking with your family or with friends about, can I come and live with you? Can I move in with you? You're going to need a place to stay. You can't survive out in the weather. The shelters are jammed. What are you going to do? You need to be preparing now. You need to be considering who you're going to allow to move in with your family and what the, what the boundaries are for when a, another person comes into your household. Are you going to let them rule? Or are you going to have preset boundaries? When people go to bed, when we eat, who does the dishes? Who cares for who? You're going to have to be ready to deal with those questions, and you best, husbands and wives, be talking with each other about this. Talking with your children. You may be the one who has to move in with family members, and then what are you going to do if, if you move in with mom and dad? We're facing a time when the luxury of America will no longer continue. And we're going to have to do some things that we never thought we'd do to survive. And it's not going back to normal. Don't believe that good times are going to come again and everything is going to be just fine. No, it's not. Everything in Scripture says we are entering into a time of tribulation. If we're not already in the great tribulation, we are very close to entering that time. Already we see those things happening. You need to watch. You need to prepare. The dark winter is upon us, but do not be afraid. Do not fear. Now this week I'm going to talk about how we prepare for Thanksgiving. The position we must take before our Lord. But I want to I want to pray with you. I want to pray a very specific scripture with you. It's found in the book of Psalms. Please, I'm not saying these things to you to frighten you. I'm saying these things to warn you to get ready, to prepare, to not be a numbskull, to not keep your focus on foolishness and entertainment. Get that television out of your house. Turn off those wicked games that you have watched for so long and been led into such violence and mayhem. Get with Jesus. Leave behind these things of darkness. I could not warn you more sternly than I am today to say to you we are entering a dark winter, maybe not of pestilence, but of famine. 
when the grocery store shelves will be pretty empty. And if they're not, you may not have the money to fill them. And some of you are still on retirement and jobs, and you have money. I plead with you to prepare, and I plead with you to help other people, to not be selfish, but to be generous in helping others, to support the work of the gospel. I want to pray a prayer. It's a psalm, but I want you to hear it. Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. Before the mountains were born, you brought forth the earth and the world from everlasting to everlasting. You are God. You turned men back to dust, saying, Return to dust, O sons of men. For a thousand years in your sight are like a day just gone by, are like a watch in the night. You sweep men away in the sweep of death. They're like new grass of the mountains, though in the morning it springs up new. By evening it's dry and withered. You've set our iniquities before you, our secret sins in the light of your presence. And I want to pray Psalm 91 with you. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will save the Lord. He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in whom I trust. Surely he will save us from the fowler snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover us with his feathers and under his wings we will find refuge. His faithfulness will be our shield and our rampart. You will not Fear the terror of night or the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at our side, ten thousand at our right hand, but it will not come near me. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you make the Most High your dwelling, even the Lord, he is our refuge, and no harm will befall us. No disaster will come near our tent, 
for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in, in all your ways. They will lift us up in their hands so that we will not strike our foot against a stone. We will tread upon the lion and the cobra. We will trample the great lion and the serpent. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. Lord God, I love you. We love you, Jesus. And we know you will rescue us, and you will protect us. We acknowledge your name. We call upon you, Lord, and we know you will answer us. You are with us in trouble, and you will deliver us and honor us. With long life will I satisfy him. You will show us your salvation. Lord, I know fear is not from you, and I know if we're walking in fear, we're walking in darkness, for you are not the author of confusion, nor are you the author of fear. Lord, you did not tell us to isolate ourselves from each other, for we have no fear of the pestilence, the deadly pestilence. For you have covered us with your feathers, and under your wings we find refuge. Your faithfulness gives us joy. Lord, we're not going to fear the terror of night or the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. Lord, we're not going to be afraid of this. And Lord, I ask that you would give your people the courage to go gather with other Christians, perhaps even in their homes. Lord, give your people in America a spirit of courage and confidence, and we bind the powers of darkness that would come against your people and cause them to have a spirit of fear. We bind that spirit of fear and we cast it out in the name of Jesus. Lord, we don't have to be comfortable in our own little house. We're going to be comfortable wherever you place us because we are not of this world. We are of heaven, and heaven is our home, and that's where we're going. So, Lord, I pray you will turn our attention to you, Jesus. I pray you will turn our hearts away from the fear of the pestilence, the fear of the plague. Lord, America is in such terror, and it's been so hyped by the media, and much of it has been a lie. Lord, I pray that men and women will now begin to venture out of their, their hidden places, for we're not going to make it if we don't have each other. We need the prayers. We need the encouragement. Some need a place to live. Some need food. Lord, we trust you to care for us and to direct our steps. And if we have what we have, we share, Jesus. We're not going to hoard what we have down in some little dark basement. 
Lord, the dark winter may be here, but the light of Jesus Christ pierces the dark winter. Lord, we have no need to be afraid of a dark winter. For you are our God. You are our Savior. You are the one who delivers your people. So, Lord, today I just come boldly before your throne. I claim your mercy. And I claim your grace. And, Lord, I ask that you would cause your people to see clearly our sin Five minutes. and to give us the courage to get out of our comfortable little lying place and admit the truth about our real condition before you. Lord, cause men and women to stop cutting off other people, but in love to reach out and say, how can I help? Oh, Lord, we need you, Jesus. I'm asking that you would turn this dark winter into a winter of great victory and joy and life. Let the world have their dark winter, but we who are Christians, Lord, we will not have the dark winter. Even if we suffer, we will rejoice in you, Jesus, and we will be in your light and in your glory, and we know you will carry us through. So, Lord, I come to praise you. I come to worship you. I come to acknowledge that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And I choose to make you the most high, my dwelling place. I choose to stand by faith that you will command your angels concerning us to guard us, to lift up our hands, that we will tread upon the lion and the cobra. We will trample the great lion and the serpent. Lord, we trample him today in the name of Jesus Christ. Yes, we rebuke this COVID-19. And we rebuke all that the world is doing to crash America and the world, to bring in a one-world government. And we stand by faith that the president you choose will be the new president of America. I pray specifically for Donald Trump, because I know that if he is not in, put into the office of the president, the winter will be much darker and the trial much harder as the wicked bring in every evil scheme to destroy marriage, to abort babies, to raise taxes, to make it almost impossible to live. But Lord, I'm not worried. I'm lifting up my hands to you and saying, Lord, you know, prepare your people for heaven. Lord, prepare your people for heaven. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Well, you've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. Thank you for listening. Would you send this video to someone? 
someone who needs to be warned? Would you subscribe to our YouTube channel? Would you stand with me for the gospel of the kingdom of Jesus Christ, for the work of the gospel? You can write to me at the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. I also praise God for each of you who's gone on the web to nationalprayerchapel.com and given online. Go up to the right-hand corner and click on Donate. This is a faith ministry. I don't ask for money for me. I ask for money for the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. God bless you, my brother, my sister. I love you. Prepare and watch and seek Jesus with all of your heart. I'll talk to you soon.